Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Welcome once again to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing? I am so excited to be here on this show. Coming to you on a Tuesday, we are broadcasted on Southern Sports, WQEE, 99.1 FM, the key out of Newton, Georgia. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, which I'm going to be there live tonight. Also brought to you by Christie's Cafe, the Man in the Mirror podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. We have got an amazing show for you. I'm going to have my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank on, and also making his return once again is WRBL Sports Director Jack Patterson. Oh, we have just got a jam-packed show. Let's go ahead and get right into the show. The 72 Dolphins are celebrating again. There are no more undefeated NFL teams, and the Atlanta Hawks are starting to look like a legit playoff contender with a huge Road victory over the Milwaukee Bucks last night. And the Columbus State Lady Cougars get the victory last night against the University of Montevallo, 88-76, to to push their record to 2-1 on the season. We are going to start with Monday Night Football last night as the Washington Commanders defeat the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles 32-21. And there is something special about Taylor Heineke. Washington is 5-5. Five and five. I mean, they are one of those teams. They played the Vikings tough last week. They defeated the Colts. They defeated the Packers. They have won four out of five. And I know that it is going to be tough to make the playoffs. But if you look at their schedule, they have got a pretty decent schedule. Taking on the Houston Texans next week. The Atlanta Falcons, that is a possible win is they always play the Falcons well. It doesn't really matter if that's in Washington or in Atlanta. And then they play the Giants and then has a bye. And then they play the Giants once again. The Washington Commanders look like a legitimate playoff team. And this was a statement win because Taylor Heineke has got weapons, including Brian Robinson Jr., the running back, Terry McLaurin, great wide receiver, And I'm happy because I won my fantasy league this week. I am now back at 500. Didn't have the greatest day because my fantasy quarterback, Lamar Jackson, was on a bye. So I had to play Marcus Mariota. He did not give me a whole lot of fantasy points. And right now, head coach Arthur Smith of the Atlanta Falcons is sticking with Marcus Mariota. I do not agree with this call. I believe that they need to see what they have in Desmond Ritter. He is the future of this franchise. 
The Atlanta Falcons right now are a game behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I feel their season is slipping away. They play the Bears this Sunday. And looking at their schedule, they could beat the Bears. But then they take on the Washington Commanders, who are starting to play better. The Pittsburgh Steelers come into town on the 4th of December. And they are a different team when T.J. Watt is healthy. And then they take on the Saints in New Orleans, which is a tough game. The Baltimore Ravens on the road. Arizona and then Tampa Bay. All those games are winnable games. And remember, they're only a game behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But does Marcus Mariota give them the best chance to win? Last night in the Lumpkin Center, the Columbus State University women's basketball team defeated the University of Montevallo 88-76 to in front of a packed crowd. It was free admission as they had the lighting of the tree outside. They did trail in the first half, but then they stormed back, led by Amelia Tenbrock's 24 points and 8 rebounds. Alana Rawls also chipped in with a double-double with 17 points and 12 rebounds. And I got to tell you, I'm excited with what Columbus State can do as a team. They are 2-1 and one on the season. They will take on Albany State this Saturday afternoon in Albany, Georgia. Just a reminder that the men's basketball team is going to be on the road against Morehouse College this Wednesday, and they will be back for the home opener at the Lumpkin Center this Saturday at 2 p.m. Head coach Robert Moore and his team right now are looking great with a 2-0 record. We've got so many Sports to talk about here in Columbus. The Lady Cougars soccer team is in the third round of the NCAA tournament. They will take on Flagler College at the Walden Soccer Complex this Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. We have the Columbus River Dragons taking on the Port Huron Prowlers on Friday and Saturday. They are currently leading the Continental Division in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. On Thursday's show, I plan on having... River Dragons players Alex Storjahan and Jay Krupp as they will talk about the season so far and what's going on here in the Fountain City with a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to have my coaches show tonight at Ivy Park and that will air tomorrow. So it should be a jam-packed show. Let's go ahead and get into the NBA action last night because this Atlanta Hawks team looks great. I know their record they're not like one of the elite teams in the Eastern Conference. I mean, it's still early. They're 9-5, and five, but they got an impressive 121-106 victory over the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee, led by DeAndre Hunter's 24 points. I'm starting to see that DeAndre Hunter is going to be the fourth option. I want to see more consistency out of him. But Giannis didn't take over the game. Giannis could have easily taken over the game. He did have 27 points, but the Milwaukee Bucks are without Chris Middleton in the lineup. This is still the same core team that the Hawks faced in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2021. I do like the offensive options that the Atlanta Hawks have. Just want to see them get defensive stops when it matters. They have a big game against the best team in the Eastern Conference this Wednesday night at State Farm Arena against the Boston Celtics. That game you can watch on ESPN. 
And the Celtics have always been a tough matchup for the Atlanta Hawks, especially when they played them in the playoffs. My first memory of that core team that should have won a championship from 2008 to 2017, it had Al Horford on the team. But 2008 was when the Atlanta Hawks started getting on the map and they were making the postseason all the way until 2017 when they started rebuilding. But that core team with Al Horford, Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, Jeff Teague, you had Mike Bibby, you had such great teams for an entire decade. And the Celtics have always been a thorn in their side. I don't know what it was about the way the Boston Celtics play, but even though that game is at home, it should be a tough matchup for a Boston Celtics team that has the best record in the Eastern Conference. Congratulations to Michael Harris II for winning Rookie of the Year for the Atlanta Braves. Another talented Braves rookie to win Rookie of the Year. He joins the likes of Rafael Fercal and Ronald Acuna Jr., Craig Kimbrell, as an Atlanta Brave to win Rookie of the Year. He beat out his teammate, pitcher Spencer Strider. So the Braves' future looks bright. I did see word yesterday that the Chicago Cubs released Gold Glove outfielder Jason Hayward. And it got me thinking, could the Braves entertain the idea of a reunion with Jason Hayward? I know that Michael Harris II is the local kid. He played at Stockbridge. And Jason Hayward is also a local kid. He played at Henry County. Jason Hayward from McDonough. I remember the hype of Jason Hayward in the early 2010s when he made his Major League debut and he hit a home run in his first at bat. And the announcer said, welcome to the show. And I got a Jason Hayward jersey. Well, it's actually a t-shirt, but it is a jersey supporting Jason Hayward. I was devastated in 2014 when the Atlanta Braves traded Jason Hayward away to the St. Louis Cardinals for pitcher Shelby Miller and some other players. Now that move eventually turned into getting Dansby Swanson. So it actually worked out in the Braves' favor. I don't know, man. I think you should sign him to a minor league contract and get him on a minimum deal. I think that would be a great homecoming for Jason Hayward. He was a fan favorite in this city. He really was. Tonight is the rankings for the college football playoff, and I expect the Georgia Bulldogs to be number one, followed by Ohio State, number two, It's going to be interesting. I think Michigan's still going to be number three. TCU is going to be number four because you have four teams that are still undefeated. Now, let's say everybody wins. Let's say Georgia wins out. They win the SEC. They're clearly going to be number one. The winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game is going to be number two, which favors well for Georgia because that first semifinal game is at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So they'll play in the Peach Bowl. And who are they going to play? If TCU wins out and they win the Big 12, I believe that TCU is going to be in the college football playoff. I mean, why not? They're still undefeated. They're in a Power 5 conference. They are deserving of getting into the college football playoff. The question is, do you put a one-loss Michigan in? Do you put a one-loss Tennessee in? Or do you put a one-loss USC who will clearly be a Pac-12 champion? I believe you go with the Pac-12 champion, and that would be a massive first-round semifinal game. Georgia and USC, this is the matchup I have always wanted to see. 
I've wanted to see Georgia take on the USC Trojans. Many of you know that I am from California. USC is the only saving grace in California that gives the average sports fan living in California a fighting chance. There are no other teams that even come close to the brand of USC in California. Not UCLA, not Cal, not Fresno State, not Stanford. It is USC. And that would mean a lot to me if Georgia played USC in the semifinal game. And then you would have another semifinal matchup between Ohio State and TCU, which I think right now the two best teams in college football is Georgia and Ohio State. And I don't know who would win between those two teams. I just know that C.J. Stroud is that Bryce Young type of player. And when he gets hot and he plays on another level, I don't think anybody's going to stop him. Even an elite Georgia defense. But hey, we said the same thing about Hendon Hooker going into the Georgia-Tennessee game. I do have a busy week of guests. Just a reminder, I do have my high school football preview review show this Friday and a special guest, I'm going to have Thrift Behringer, as he and DJ Jones are calling that Carver-Harlem game just outside of Augusta. But we have massive high school playoff games here in Columbus to include the Northside Patriots hosting the Demons of Warner Robins, the defending 5A state champions. That is going to be a huge game. You've got to pack Kinnett Stadium for that game. And I believe that Northside is going to have their hands full. You have Troop County that's hosting Cairo, the syrup makers, up at Callaway Stadium. That is going to be Saturday afternoon. Callaway is hosting Fannin County up at Callaway Stadium on Friday night. And then St. Ampicelli is going to be in action against Bethlehem Christian Academy. And there's a possible chance we could see a second-round matchup game in the GIAA between St. Ampicelli and Brookstone once again. No, it won't be a battle for the Brucelli jug. It's going to be a playoff game if Brookstone is able to beat First Presbyterian Day. But the St. Ampicelli Vikings, and I've had their athletic director, Corey Black, on the show. I have much love for the Vikings, and I like Brookstone too. They're two talented private schools in Columbus the St. Ampicelli Vikings are trying to win their first ever state title, this time in the GIAA. Last year, they were in the GHSA for private single A. All right, without further ado, I think it's time to bring on my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank, for the Daily Dash. You don't want to go anywhere. We'll be back with Corey. And we're back on the show and returning on the airwaves is my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank. I'm excited that you're joining the show. I know that you've been busy with a golf tournament, but uh, welcome back. Yes, Richard. Thank you for having me back. Now, that golf tournament that we did yesterday was crucial. It was called the Chattahoochee Valley Military Golf Classic, something that resonates very well with what you do for a living, Richard. Always a great cause, and just appreciate you returning here on the show. And we had a very busy weekend of sports. We had some college football games. We had some NFL games. I want to start with the NFL because I want to get your opinion because I felt we saw the game of the year between the Vikings and the Bills. This was one of those games we made a prediction. I believe we both picked Buffalo to win this game, but the Vikings were down by 17. And Justin Jefferson made probably the greatest catch I've ever seen. I'm going to call it, Corey. This catch was better than the David Tyree catch, 
better than the Odell Beckham Jr. catch. But what do you think? Was that the greatest catch you've ever seen? Well, that catch, he went up to go catch that ball. He pawed the ball while in reality, the defensive back had two hands on the football, has enough hand strength to get that ball, go up one-handed, and then pull it down. Unbelievable. Under duress on a fourth down scenario, fourth and 18 about. Justin Jefferson has just shown in this league, Richard, that he is a guy that came out of LSU to really put together something that has almost never been done in an NFL career. The guy has been stout in regards to lining up as an X receiver and a Y. You could put him up in the slot. The guy has incredible ability to make defenders miss. And, man, was that one of the best catches I have seen within the last 15 years. The Minnesota Vikings were able to get the victory over the Buffalo Bills in overtime. Like I said, game of the century. They were down by 17. Josh Allen, plain injured. He wills his team to try to score a touchdown, but he throws a pick to Patrick Peterson. He throws a pick to Patrick Peterson, which was a bright spot for the Vikings. The Vikings have improved on defense, getting Patrick Peterson over from the Cardinals, getting Zadarius Smith over from the Packers. Their offense is still great. You got Dalvin Cook. You got Justin. You got Jordan Jefferson. Let me. Uh, you got Justin Jefferson. Do you think this Vikings team is a legitimate Super Bowl contender? They truly can be. Now, the reason why the Vikings won that game, Richard, well, that's because NFL never says die to the team of this 22 team. Three wins when they're trailing by double digits. That right there is a testament of how good they are with their mental fortitude under first-year head coach Kevin O'Connell. However, Richard, it surely helps having a player who cannot make just about who can make just about any catch happen. And we'll recap it again. That 32-yard catch by Justin Jefferson, incredible. Now, in that regard, it really points to the ability that they have a stout defense that gets inside the tackle box on the rip moves and outside that's been accompanying uh, Mr. Cousins and his game in that regard. Now, you had Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is an excellent running back, and he has been a workhorse back with a tandem of those two between Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, and a recipe of of a defensive player by Jadarius. Jadarius really has been an impact player, one of the sack leaders for them on this Minnesota team. Honestly, one of the best sack leaders all year in the entire NFL. When you have a pass rush, you have three guys who are dynamic at all three skill positions. Whether, uh, yes, um, yes, Richard, I am calling the defensive end position a skill position because those guys are some incredible athletes. Sometimes you line up as your line, outside linebacker. And Mr. Jadarius, they line up in the wide nine. And man, is he really fast. One of the things I enjoy is getting on and watching sports talk whenever the Cowboys lose. This was a bad loss for the Dallas Cowboys. They were up by 14 in the fourth quarter. Aaron Rodgers wills his way. He is feeling it. With his young receivers, Christian Watson had three touchdown receptions. 
and the Green Bay Packers are not quite dead yet. You remember a couple of years ago when Aaron Rodgers said that he thinks that they could run the table? I think that they are just getting started. A huge win in primetime against the Dallas Cowboys. And then I just love watching Stephen A. Smith just make fun of the Cowboys fans because this is the year that the Cowboys fans, they thought that if they would have won this game, they would, they would have been 7-2, and two, especially after the Eagles losing uh, yesterday. I, this is a bad loss for the Dallas Cowboys. It really is because they had such a dynamic defense before this. They still the dynamic uh, all edges. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Micah Parsons, two guys are huge, and Trayvon Diggs. Once again, a team that's dynamic like them, really putting it together. Like you said, Christian Watson had one heck of a day. Now, on the Packers' side, they did snap their five-game losing streak. And that's very crucial for them. So former Packers coach Mike McCarthy wasn't just on the other sideline when he witnessed this defeat, but he had a hand in the affair, opting to go for it on fourth down during the overtime possession. Now that was really a gutsy call. Rather than trying a 50-yard field goal, he went for the win. And what do teams do? They come up on the other side of the fence victorious when you are rolling the dice like that. But Watson, he truly had a dynamic game. Three touchdowns in the game. But why did the Packers win, Richard? Somebody finally decided to play catch with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, a dynamic that hasn't happened really all season long. And so Matt LaFleur's squad really putting it together. Aaron Jones getting in the mix, both in the running game and passing game. And the defense remained vulnerable in every facet of the game with that regard. Something that you don't really see for this Cowboys defense. But when it came down to it, the charismatic and confident Aaron Rodgers drives his team down the field. And yes, the Packers prevail. All right, Corey, let's switch gears and talk about college football because the new college football rankings are going to come out tonight. Georgia actually does not skip a beat beating Mississippi state. I believe they have the easiest path to the college football playoff. Only four teams can get in. I believe Ohio state is going to beat Michigan. So I believe the first two teams, regardless of the outcome in the sec championship game between Georgia and LSU, I feel that Georgia is going to get into the college football playoff. That leaves two more spots. If TCU goes undefeated, they're getting in. Corey, who would you put in that fourth spot? A one-loss Tennessee, a one-loss Michigan, or a possibly a one-loss Pac-12 champion USC? The way that TC Horn Frogs have been playing this season, I think it's very hard for them not to be put in the running. Despite that their schedule hasn't been that incredible this season, they've been getting it done in all facets of the game. Whether they're able to get up between the tackles and run that ball really well, and drive defenders home. Their defense really has been picking it up in the year, and they've been getting all the pass rush they possibly can. So in that regard, this TCU team really put it together last week against this Longhorn team. The Horn Frogs really picked off Quinn Ewers, and it shows that Robinson, they held him and held Robinson to 29 yards. And that is an all-American running back. So 
That's incredible. So Horn Frogs linebacker Johnny Hodges had something to say about it. He's been consistent all year long. In last week's game, he was flying around the field going sideline to sideline. He had 11 tackles in the game and 1.5 tackles for a loss. So it's really testament that I believe strongly this Horn Frogs team undefeated should really put it together and should definitely be allowed in this college football playoff, Richard. I absolutely agree with you, Corey. Great matchups all around. Looking forward to having you on the coaches show tonight at Ivy. And we really have a lot of local events going on in the Chattahoochee Valley, including high school playoffs. Glenwood is in the state championship Thursday night against Lee Scott Academy. You got Central taking on Auburn once again in the semifinals. And then a big game here at Kennett Stadium, Northside, taking on the defending state champion, Warner Robins. Should be a lot of fun. And then, of course, we can't forget about the Columbus State women's soccer team that's in the third round of the playoffs against Flagler in the NCAA tournament. Round three. Uh, exciting stuff all over the Chattahoochee Valley, Corey. So, Richard, how was it covering that game last week with Columbus Rapids' director of operations, Warren? It was awesome. It it was really just a great experience. It's one of those things that I could put on my resume that I was part of the broadcast team calling sports for the Peach Belt Network and Cougar TV. Uh, you can actually catch a rebroadcast of the game online. The, the goal by Lauren Barnes in the 80th minute where it curled, it looked like she was trying to center it to the middle of the field, but it was a shot attempt that curved and went into the back of the net to make it one nothing, That was incredible, and Warren actually did an amazing job with the goal call as uh, we were just having fun up there, and it was a great experience, and I I'm looking forward to watching that game against Flagler on Friday. I, I think that it's going to be a great experience. Uh, their regular broadcaster is going to return, so I'm looking forward just to being a spectator. Definitely interesting. Flagler, a team being from Florida, that I truly understand. I mean, I have gone past them. I've seen that campus, and they have a very good culture there. But this Columbus State University team, the difference between this year and other years is that they're playing for their school. They're playing for their community. And they got a lot of conditioning, Richard. It's always great. Uh, Corey, definitely going to have you back on uh I'm going to bring out my next guest, WRBL news director, sports director, Jack Patterson. You don't want to go anywhere. Uh, Corey, you going to stick around and uh, talk with Jack and I? Yeah. Oh, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, you don't want to go anywhere. We will be back with Jack Patterson, and uh, Corey will be joining us as well. It should be a lot of fun. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back with Jack and Corey. Welcome back to the show, and on the show today, I've got my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank, along with a special guest. Back on the show once again is WRBL's sports director, Jack Patterson. Jack, what's going on? Hey, guys. How's it going, man? Just good to be back on. Great to have you, Jack. I'm just excited that the three of us can get together and talk a little sports. Jack, we've had a lot of local sports here in the Chattahoochee Valley going on. You're in the thick of it, covering high school playoffs for Georgia and Alabama. We have the Columbus State women's soccer team in round three of the NCAA tournament. 
The Lady Cougars and Cougars just started their season, and you got the River Dragons in action. Uh, Jack, you, you know, your help, Tyler Redman, who just joined the staff this past week, it, it, it couldn't come at a better time. And you're lucky to have a guy like Tyler, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just happy for him. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to have Tyler a part of our team. And you know what they say, Richard and Corey, there's no warming up in the bullpen. You know, this is one of the busiest times of the year. And it just seems like our teams just keep on winning. They keep getting better and better, which means they're playing deeper and deeper into the fall season. And then you got the winter sports getting underway. You got, you know, CSU hoops getting underway. You got high school hoops getting underway. You know, we're not too long away from the Rapids getting underway, too. So, you know, like I said, you know, the River Dragons just started. Well, they've been playing, but they just started their home schedule. So, you know, everything's kind of coming together. You know, it's that crossover season that you always see at the end of uh, the fall going into winter and in the winter going into spring. Jack, the first question I want to ask you, you got the prep zone coming up this Friday night. Uh, it's going to be – is this going to be the first prep zone where you and Tyler are going to be uh... – of being a part of it working on that we're, you know we're going to see how he's coming along you know i personally would love it especially this is going to be our last full edition of the prep zone you know you start running into you know you don't have enough teams to kind of cut the newscast in half so uh this will be the last full edition of the prep zone for the year but you know absolutely you know my thing is that you know we're just working you know especially when it's so busy it's so climactic you don't want to, you know, just, hey, Tyler, you know, this is your first day on the job. We're going to throw you in the deep. You know, you know, I, you know, that's not my MO, you know. You know, I want to make sure that he's good, that he's confident, that he's ready. You know, I don't want – I want to set him up for success. So, you know, I don't want to say no. I don't want to say yes. You know, it's a we'll see. So, Jack, tell us, what does it feel to be in a leadership role now and what expectations are you going to set as being the leader? Well, Corey, you know, for, for me, it's, it might be my first time being in a leadership role on air, but it's not my first time being in a leadership role at the station. I used to direct our weekend newscast. So I was in charge of the production crew on weekends. And I take the same approach here is that we're going to, you know, we're going to have fun, but we're going to be at our best when that red light is on. You know, and that's the same thing I hold for the sports team is that we're going to have fun, you know. Me and Rex, we, you know, we, you guys could see we had a blast doing this job, you know, and that's an important thing to me. But at the same time, we're going to be at our best when that red light is on, you know, and that's I feel like that's the best way to kind of, you know, have your sports department run is that, you know, don't be so serious to where you're miserable about it. You know, you want to have fun. Sports are supposed to be fun. That's why I'm in sports. Sports are supposed to be fun. So we're going to have fun. We're going to have a good time. And we're going to – I want that to be able to come through on air. So that's – that is my main goal is that we're going to be about our business when that red light is on, but we're going to have fun while we do. Jack, a couple of months ago, I happened to have a special guest here on the Sports Beat. It was Bobby Z from the Press Box with Bobby Z. And I got to tell you, we really reminisced back in the early 2015s when he was doing the show on 95.7. And Jack, he created future stars on his show. This is an all-star cast who has been on the Press Box. 
You have your colleague there at WRBL now, Tyler Redmond. You have Jonathan Shushke. We also know him as Buckets. You have Thrift Behringer over at Sports Visions. And, of course, Josh Pate, who has blown up nationally. I mean, that's just incredible, the stars that Bobby Z has had on his show when he did the show early in uh, the early 2010s. And honestly, I used to listen to the press box with Bobby Z right before I started at WRBL. I used to I worked at the, on Walmart in Phoenix City, and on my lunch breaks, I would listen to the press box with Bobby Z. So, and you know, I called in every you know maybe once or twice. But my, I mean, that's the stuff that documentaries are made of, Richard. You know, is that you know when you see the talent and everybody that we just mentioned is gonna you know go blow up to be something bigger than they ever thought. Like we've already seen what's happened with Pate, who's who's absolutely put in the work and deserve every single bit of what he's getting right now. And then you see what Buckets is doing over at Stephen F. Austin now continuing to make history. And then what Thrift is doing with DJ Jones and Sports Visions and you know they are continuously doing amazing things for uh, the athletes in the Chattahoochee Valley. And then you know what Tyler is going to do here, and Tyler is going to be a dog on star. He's already a, a a known. If you're a Braves fan, you already know who Tyler Redman is through his on deck YouTube channel, which he's still going to be doing while he's working here. I mean, the talent that has come through that show. I mean, like I said, that's the stuff that documentaries are made of. You couldn't have said it any better, Jack. A lot of talents come along, and it's our job to lead the community. I absolutely agree with Corey. You know, Corey and I have been calling high school football games since uh, August. Our first game was LaGrange and Smith Station. Uh, Jack, we've had the privilege to know each other. Uh, I actually, when I think of uh, dynamic duos here in the city, I think of you and Rex, and now soon you and Tyler. Although I still consider Rex Castillo a sports guy, even though he's doing news at 5 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) It's different, ain't it? It is so different. But, you know, Rex is still going to be a sports guy at heart, even though he has transitioned over to the news. You know, he still keeps in regular contact with me, making sure I'm good to go with whatever I might need. And, you know, like I said, I could not have had a better mentor, a better friend to, you know, start my journey on air in sports than Rex. So he's still going to do what he does. Jack, there is one game I want to talk about that's really on everybody's radar for high school football. Northside versus the defending state champion, the Warner Robins Demons. This game is going to be at Kennett Stadium, I believe. I think that is a home game because Northside is the number one seed. But how big is this game to see if the Northside Patriots, with their star running back Malachi Hosley, if they can make it far in the 5A state uh, playoffs? You want to see how you, you want to see if you belong with the big boys? Here you go. You got Northside, uh, you got Warner Robins, the defending state champion, two-time defending state champions coming into your place and to see if they can um, move on to the state, to the uh, Elite Eight. So, and keep in mind, Northside has never made it past this round. So, you're talking about history on the line for Northside. If they can get the win, not only will they make it to the Elite Eight for the first time, but you do it by being the two-time defending state champions. So, that is something so huge for that program. We've seen what Andrew Oropesa has been doing with that program. They've been taking step after step after step, getting better. But this is the biggest step that they've faced so far, is that if you want to hang with the big boys, if you want to sit here and call yourself amongst the state's elite in Class 5A, 
this is what you got to do. And of course, Carver is on the road against Harlem. Uh, you have St. Ampicelli that is hosting a game at Dimel Field. Jack, can St. Ampicelli win a state championship in the GIAA? Yes, they can. And, you know, I feel pretty confident that they'll win on Friday night. But I think their biggest challenge is going to come next week. It's going to be whoever comes out of the Brookstone FPD game. Because FPD has long been one of the better teams, even when they were in the GHSA and now they're in the GIAA. FPD is always a great squad. And then we all remember what happened in the battle for the Bruccelli job back in October. You know, that incredible matchup that um, Pacelli won 29 to 21. You want to tell me that a battle for the Pacelli jug in the final four wouldn't be incredible? Yeah, I, shut up and take my money, okay? That's that would be insane. And you know, Pacelli will host that at Diamond Field. So, you know, like I said, I think Pacelli's biggest challenge may not be in the state championship if they get there, it might be next week. Speaking of a rivalry, Glenwood and Lee Scott Academy this Thursday night down at the Cramden Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. A huge game. You know, Jack, we have visited Glenwood a lot. Uh, Corey and I called a couple of games in Glenwood. I noticed a lot of a lot of the baseball state championships just draped in that outfield. And I didn't see a whole lot of football championships, but how nice would it be for the Glenwood Gators to win a football championship for the first time in, I believe, 30 years. I know they won it maybe in the early 90s, but that would be huge. Oh, yeah, huge for the Glenwood Gators. And you do it against your rival who's undefeated so far on the season, including a 35-16 win over Glenwood earlier in the season. So you get them on a neutral site, which is big, because that um, first game, I believe, was in Auburn. You know, you get them on a neutral site, and then you – this is where you, with, you just lay everything out on the table. I mean, there's not, there's no tomorrow to play for. You're playing for right now. You're playing for a state championship, an opportunity to go down in history. So one of these two teams are going to be celebrating a state title. We're going to be covering a state champion either way, but it's going to be who simply wants it more on Thursday night. Is it going to be Glenwood? Is it going to be Lee Scott? Both teams have played incredible this season. I mean, Lee Scott, I think – Lee Scott's only given up 50 points the entire season so far, but 16 of those came against Glenwood. So Glenwood, they know how to, you know, score on Lee Scott just a bit better than anybody else has. So can they take what they learned in that first game and continue to move forward? Or will has Lee Scott gotten better? You know, Lee Scott, I think they've scored almost 550 points this season on offense. So it's really going to be a tale of two teams and what Glenwood can have, what Glenwood has learned from that early season matchup that they can take into this matchup coming up on Thursday night. So Jack, I got a question for you. What does Dallas Crow need to do to be dynamic in the football game against Lee Scott? I think the key for him is you cannot give the ball up. You can't give the ball away. You cannot give Lee Scott free possessions and you've got to cash in on your possessions. You got to make sure that you're not getting taking off the field on third downs. you got to convert third downs. You've got to be able to continue drives, and you got to put points on the board. That is the thing. Lee Scott's offense is extremely explosive. We've seen it all season long. So you cannot give uh, Lee Scott any free opportunities to put points on the board, and you've got to put points on the board yourself. So is this game, Jack, the battle of the trenches? What does JT Banks need to do in this matchup for them to be successful. How does he need to run? Does he need to be in between the tackles? Does he need to be on the outside? What is Glenwood going to do to get this win? 
Well, at least Scott's got some big boys on that offensive line. So the offensive line definitely going to have to bring the, I mean, on the defensive line. So Glenwood's offensive line definitely going to have to bring the lunch pail on Thursday night. JT Banks, one of the more explosive running backs in our area. So I don't know if it really matters whether he's on the outside or he's busting through a gap on the inside. It's just going to be can the offensive line hold up and get him those gaps that he needs to be able to break those long runs that we've seen him break this season. Now on the other side of the ball, what does Samaje Williams need to do to be dynamic in his pass and run uh, rushing of the defense in order to get in the backfield to make dynamic plays? Well, just like the uh, defensive line, Lee Scott's offensive line's got some big boys there. You've got to be able to penetrate that line. you got to be able to go put pressure on the quarterback, and he's mobile. He's a mobile quarterback. He can move, too. So you've got to be able to, you know, make sure you keep an eye on him, and then you've got to control those weapons on the outside. You know, so many guys. you got George Myers. you got Jake White. You know, so many talented weapons that Lee Scott has. You've got to be able to keep up with those guys. Now, like you said, the secondary, what kind of day is Camden White going to have to have? I mean, secondary is going to have to be on their game. You've got to keep track of those two guys I just mentioned. Those are just two of the guys who are just all, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say they're all state because I don't know the all state voting, but you know, all state caliber players and those guys know how they've shown you all season that they know how to get it done. George Myers had two runs on uh, last Thursday night against in their game against Valiant Cross where, you know, he does not go down easily. He will fight for every yard. And that's the kind of game it's going to be. You've got to be able to Got to lay it on the line. It's the state championship. You have nothing to lose. It doesn't matter what position you're playing. You've got to leave everything on the line on Thursday night. Jack, I got to say, I am looking forward to, uh, Corey and myself, looking forward to seeing you and Tyler December the 8th, the 15th annual Sports Visions High School and Junior High Luncheon Awards. I've gotten the invite from DJ Jones. You know, he was on my show yesterday. I mean, this is just an all-star cast this week. I'm going to have Thrift Behringer. I'm going to have some River Dragons. I got you on today. I mean, this is just incredible. But I'm really looking forward to that because, you know, you're a big Georgia fan. Kirby Smart is going to be the keynote speaker. They're going to play LSU coming up for the SEC Championship. Hopefully, they'll be in a prime position to make it back to the college football playoff. But as a Georgia fan, you've got to be excited for them. Absolutely. But, you know, Kirby will tell you the same thing, is that nothing is nothing is guaranteed in this, in this game. You know, Georgia still has to go through Kentucky, and they still have to go through Georgia Tech. You can't look too far ahead to Atlanta yet. you got to get through those two games, especially if you're talking about the college football playoff. You can't have any slip-ups, and we've seen Georgia not play their best against, you know, lesser opponents. You know, you could take, look back to the Kent State game. You can look back to the Missouri game. So they definitely got to, you know, be at their best, you know, throughout the season. You know, you can't just say, hey, you won the East. Now you got your spot in Atlanta clinch. It doesn't matter if you slip up against those two guys. You know, then you got an SEC championship. But, what you know, what good does it make if you can't make the playoffs? So, you know, Kirby will tell you the same thing. So it's all about for Georgia, you know, finish off the regular season, you know, continue playing the way you've been playing and then get ready for LSU once you get done with Georgia Tech. So, Jack, I got a question. How important is it for Georgia to have their rushing attack to open up the pass, being able to have Sesson Bennett to be the game manager to open up his pass game? How important is it for that to happen? 
Absolutely. It's very important. And we've seen the, you know, Georgia, you know, have a just a riches at running back, you know, whether it's Kenny McIntosh or Kendall Milton, we see Branson Robinson, you know, come out this season. You know, that's you definitely need to get the run game going in order to get that pass game going. We've seen games where the run game might not have been at its best and it led to the passing attack not being at its best either. They're one and the same. You know, you need one for the other to work. So you definitely don't want to end up being one-dimensional, especially as you start getting against this higher competition when you start facing the LSUs of the world and whoever you may play in the um, postseason as well. So you definitely, definitely, definitely have got to get that run game going. And the same thing goes for the pass game too. You need the pass game to be on point too. Otherwise, they'll be able to key in on the run. So you definitely want both of those games to be working at a good level if you want to have success. Tell us about their dynamic duo at tight end and how that makes them a lethal threat both in the passing game and, most importantly, being able to block. I would, I would say a dynamic trio, Corey. You know, everybody knows about Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington, but I'm going to throw Oscar Delp in there as well. We've seen a little bit of him too this season, and he's just as talented as the first two. So you, they have an embarrassment of riches at tight end as well, probably the deepest tight end room of any program in the country. So that's a huge, huge deal because not only do you have – guys who can go out and block for your runners, but you have athletic guys who can go make catches and then be threats downfield as well. That's a big, big deal. You have essentially another wide receiver who's impossible to bring down. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be on the business end of trying to bring down Brock Bowers or Darnell Washington or Oscar Dell. Jack, I know you and your broadcast partner, Tyler Redmond, are super busy in the Chattahoochee Valley with high school football wrapping up. We've got the start of high school basketball. I'm excited about the Spencer Green Wave defending their state title, and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. You got the River Dragons that just started up. They are looking impressive, Jack. You got them sweeping the defending Commissioner's Cup champion, the Watertown Wolves. I know that that was so great. You know, on Thursday's show, I'm going to have River Dragons, Alex Storjahan and Jay Krupp on the show, and I'm excited because they could talk about how it feels to just get off to this hot start. They're in action against the uh, Watertown Wolves this past weekend. They're taking on the Port Huron Prowlers this weekend, and so we should see a jam-packed Columbus Civic Center. And I know you and Tyler are just going to be busy covering all the events that's happening in the Chattahoochee Valley and, and looking forward to seeing you out there too. Yeah, you know, we'll be out and about, you know, as me and Tyler, as well as the rest of our WRBL News 3 team, we'll be out and about covering all these games, whether it's football, basketball, well, not baseball, hockey, you know, whatever it might be. You know, we're going to be all over the place covering it all. And I can't wait. It's a fun time of the year, especially with how hot the River Dragons are to start. You know, so many teams love in the high school football playoffs. You know, don't forget flag football, too. That's getting ready. They're wrapping up, too. We're going to have – I think Auburn has guaranteed themselves a spot in the state championship, and we're going to have a, a few teams in Georgia that are contending for state championships as well. So, you know, like I said, a lot going on right now. It makes it a lot of fun. Well, Jack, as always, you, you're a great guest on the show. I'm glad that you were able to get on with myself and Corey here, and we could just talk a little bit about sports. I'm excited, looking forward to the coverage that you and Tyler are doing on WRBL. Before I let you go, 
Tell all my listeners how they can reach you. Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at TV. Don't forget to follow the WRBL Sports accounts at WRBL Sports on Twitter and WRBL News 3 Sports on Facebook. And, of course, watch us on TV, WRBL News 3, the CBS affiliate here in the Chattahoochee Valley. We got you covered with all things Chattahoochee Valley Sports. All right. That was Jack Patterson, the News 3 Sports Director, joining me and Corey on the show. Thank you, everybody, once again for watching and listening to another episode of the Sports Bee with Richard Holridge. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you later. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.